This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today's podcast is brought to you by, well, us. Two Guys in a River. Dave and I have just published a new book on fly fishing called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The best place to find the book is on Amazon.com. Casting has to be one of the greatest challenges for new fly fishers. If you're new to fly fishing, you might have trouble with the cast. Well, if that's the case, then grab a cup of coffee and listen to this episode. Or better yet, grab your fly rod and get ready for seven tips to help you with the cast. Because we all get into bad habits, I find that I can get really lazy. Or, for example, if I'm fishing a certain kind of river, I might forget how to fish like a, a smaller creek. So these seven tips will really help you just go back to some of the basics of fly casting. Yeah, it's true. I'm, I'm glad you fessed up to that. I've been thinking about doing an intervention. Uh, <laughs> a couple friends come and confront you, say, Dave, uh, we have to talk to you about this. This has got to change. You, you're not going to catch fish if you can't cast better than this. Well, that happens with every guide that we have. They kind of look oh, at me and go, oh, my. You know? Oh, yeah, they do the same to both of us. Yeah, it's, hey, if you want to get distance and accuracy and keep your leader and fly from tangling, you better stop what you're doing. <laughs> so if, if you could work with a casting coach, uh, imagine that Dave or I were your casting coach, or, or don't imagine that. No, don't imagine that. <laughs> uh, but seriously, if you could work with a casting coach, here are seven tips that he or she would suggest, and we, uh, we, we have learned these. We, we work on them, and uh, they've helped us. Uh, we think they'll help you. One of the basics is this idea of cast between 11 and 1. So imagine there's a big clock behind you, uh, actually, it's not behind you. It'd be beside you, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. between 11 and 1. So don't let your rod tip go back too far, let's say, to 3 o'clock or too far forward, 9 o'clock. Because now, is, is this, I have to break in and say, is this central standard time or is this uh, <laughs> yeah. mountain yeah. time? It's always mountain time, <laughs> baby. <laughs> exactly. We, we like it to be mountain time because then we're in Montana and Wyoming. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So here's what happens if you if you let it go to nine and three o'clock, it, that creates drag on your line because you end up with these massive loops, yeah, and it doesn't allow your rod to load properly. And no, it really doesn't. These fly rods are meant to load and carry a lot of line and shoot yeah. a lot of line out there. And so mm-hmm. if you're too far one way or the other, you just create these massive loops, and it just ends up caught behind you or you'll end up with a pile of loop in your in the middle of the lake or river or whatever you're trying to fish so imagine a clock with uh, the actual arms not a digital and just think of the the big hand uh, just going back and forth between 11 and 1 that's that's a good way to visualize it what I find is uh, a lot of new fly fishers again look at that clock and imagine the big hand going from three back or, or from nine all the way back to three and it's almost like the your rod on your back cast is parallel to the ground well then yeah you're going to get tangles your line is 
it's like it loses all of its energy. So that that's a great point, Dave. Cast between 11 and 1. And so by doing that, you actually naturally, your your arm motion becomes corrected. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? It automatically corrects some of, it does. some of the over motion that your arm has. Yep. Like, you know, whipping it too far back and mm-hmm. too far forward. So. Well, that leads to a second tip, and that is to flick your wrist. I think sometimes people have this idea that a cast is this wavy, gentle motion, but that's not it at all. It's the snap that will make the rod work for you. I remember a couple times our, our friend Toby, he's a, he's a fly shop owner and a guide in Bozeman, Montana, and uh, he, would, he would say, here, let, why don't, let me just cast. I, I want to show you where to put this cast. So he'd, he'd take my rod and like, man, he's going to break the thing. You know, he just snaps it. And I realized that, that's, how you, that's how you do it. it it's, it's almost like uh, uh, a nurse with a baby. <laughs> you know, parents, you pick up your baby like, oh, I can't squeeze too hard. It's going to break. I mean, nurses that, uh, that, are, that are very caring and loving will just, they, they just grab the baby. They know that this child's not going to hurt the baby. Deli. Exactly, and that's what we have to do with our rods. So, what what somebody? Well, Gary Borger uh, suggested this: make a handgun out of your casting hands. So, uh, your index finger is extended, thumb up. Your bottom three fingers are pointing back at you, just like you have this gun. And then snap forward, snap back. Just just your wrist. Don't even use your arm. And you know what? You can actually fly fish that way. Uh, I've tried it before just to see how far I can cast without even moving my arm, just wrist action. You know, it's amazing how far you can cast because like you said, Dave, those rods are designed to uh, to, to load your line, to, to shoot it out. And I think too many fly fishers are trying to be graceful. You, you end up waving your arms forward and backward. But Really, a graceful cast is, is the product of snapping the wrists. Uh, it, it's like a baseball pitcher throwing a curveball that's such trouble to hitters. I mean, those, uh, those pitchers are just snapping their, uh, their wrists to, to get that action, and uh, it's critical. So why, why is this really important? Well, I think it boils down to distance. You know, you, you can, and believe me, I've done this for a lot of years, you can make can make reasonable cast with with poor technique 30 to 60 feet yeah yeah but the better your technique is uh, the further you can cast and it it actually is is easier on your body you're not uh, you're not working as hard you if you expend the energy into snapping your wrist then you make the rod work for you in, instead of uh, kind of letting the rod <laughs> you know, push your body ahead and, and, and push it back. The third is to watch your back cast. What, so, do, you mean, what do you mean by well, that? Well, this is just kind of a technique in some ways to, to see what's happening back oh, there, Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Uh-huh. So you basically watch it as it unfurls behind you, and, it, and you kind of see what's actually happening. In fact, this is obviously great to do if you're sitting in a, or in a parking lot or something and you have mm-hmm. a lot of space where there are no trees behind you it's probably Mm -hmm. more practical to do it on the river because you know it forces Mm -hmm. you to actually make decisions and 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 to figure out figure it out better but you know it matters because then you don't get the whip effect which can snap off your line create tangles and really shorten the distance of your of your fly well i wonder how many flies i snapped off in those early years it's that whip effect yep 
Yeah, it, it's not letting it unfurl. And then when you whip it forward, it, uh, you know, just like a whip does. And boom, there, I just lost another parachute atoms. I think this is really hard with streamers and those bigger oh, bugs. Oh, it is. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you panic, don't you? Yeah, you think, and you have to let that thing go. And then you, mm -hmm. you know, and yep. you, it's actually different with different size flies, it is. right? There's a different feel for some of this. And you're right. That's why just just watching it, there's no law that says that you, you can't turn your head and watch your back cast. I, I've done that. In fact, I, I probably should do that more. Uh, you know, people wonder, well, how do you know? How do you know when to make the forward cast? Well, the, the easy answer is look behind you. And then after a while, you do get the feel of it. But I don't think a lot of fly fishers get the feel early on. I, I sure didn't. No, they're By the, the way, natural athletes. That's right? true. Blah, blah, blah. By the way, too, if you look back, I think you're able to see if your rod tip is going back too far as well. I've, I've had that happen where I'm looking at my line and I realize, wait a minute, why is my rod tip at two o'clock or three o'clock or four o'clock yeah yeah know, i've gone back point. way too far yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well here's a fourth uh, make sure your rod is parallel with the ground on your final forward cast uh, we, we've just said you, you want to be casting between 11 and 1 but but on that last forward cast uh, think about this if your line is pointing up at a 45 degree angle as it shoots towards its target our friend Gary Borger says this creates all sorts of shoot shortening friction man that's a tongue twister <laughs> but that's a good line yeah in other words you uh, you kind of dissipate the energy that that's moving forward you you stop it because you haven't uh, laid your rod out parallel now, he suggests lifting the rod butt as a way of keeping your rod parallel to the surface of the ground or water. I've never done that, uh, but I suppose if you're having trouble with this, that could be a, that could be a good reminder. You know, I, I remember this, Dave, when we were fishing on the Missouri last fall. And, and even this spring, you know, it, it's the one time where, uh, wow, it's, it's great if you can make some longer casts because there's some... There's some channels, there's some weed beds that are out uh, a little too deep to wade, but uh, that's when you need a long cast, and I, I found that really worked. It reminds me about those spay rods, yeah, you know, those two-handed yep. spay rods where you start to get mm -hmm. a lot of distance, yeah, and how they just how how that casting goes, it's a lot different, but I think the principles are the same, and I think that last cast it's got to be parallel. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, there's there are exceptions to all of these things, right? You're yeah. fishing short runs, mm -hmm. you're doing casting downstream, mm -hmm. you only have a small window to cast the fly, you have to do all these different things. Yeah. But I think in general, it's a good general principle that that final cast, the rod needs to be parallel to the to the water, or to whatever you're fishing. It really does. And this might be a good place just to stop and say, uh, practice this at, at home or Better yet, go to a park where there's grass. You don't want to stand out in the street and cast your nice fly line out in the pavement. But I've I've done this to help people learn to f to fly cast. And then I realized, man, I should I should spend some more time doing this. Uh, just walk out. I mean, if you have a pond nearby, a river, oh, that's great. But just go out to. Uh, we have a school near us, and they have this huge, you know, grass field, and so. I've, I've gone out there and even taken my sons out there and uh, let, let's practice a little bit. You don't necessarily put a fly on. Uh, th then it just feels like you're fishing with a size 18 parachute atoms. But 
uh, you know, don't, don't be afraid to do that. It can really help. The fifth point is, or principle, is to keep your eyes and your rod tip pointed to the target. You know, this just helps you cast more accurately. Some folks have better hand-eye coordination than others. I think for some, fly fishing is just so intuitive. Yeah, it's frustrating. We've talked about these natural I'm not one athletes. Of those. No, I'm not either. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about these natural athletes, and they're like people who can pick up a baseball bat and they have the natural swing. Yeah. Same mm-hmm. with golf. Yep. But I think for most of us, or at least a large portion of us, or at least 100% of the two people in this room right now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, make sure your eyes and your rod tip are pointed to the target. And uh, it, it's a remarkable how this enhances yeah, your accuracy. Yeah, I mean, it seems so simple or yeah, obvious. Yeah, it seems patently but, obvious, uh, yeah. Man, it, it is important. Okay, so just a quick review here. Seven tips we've said... Uh, first of all, uh, cast between 11 and 1. Uh, secondly, flick your wrist. Uh, third, watch your back cast. Uh, number four, make sure your rod is parallel with the ground on your final forward cast. And number five, keep your eyes and your rod tip pointed to the target. All right, here's number six. And again, this may seem obvious, but uh, it's important to remember. Uh, number six is shorten your casts. If you're struggling with accuracy or if you're fly fishing on a windy day, well, well get in position so you can shorten your cast, and that, uh, that makes it a lot easier. I've caught trout 10 feet in front of me. I remember a day on Nelson Spring Creek. Uh, this is south of Livingston, Montana in Paradise Valley, and I was fishing on Nelson's one day, and it's the first time I ever fished it, and I was shocked how close I could get to those trout. It's like they were, Dave, they were 10 feet away, and I didn't have to, you know, make these long, accurate casts. I just needed to get it up, you know, right at the head of this small riffle and, and let it drift down. So I think that's one of the myths that if you're going to catch fish, trout, that you've got to make these long casts. Well, not necessarily. It's better to get in position. I've had the same thing in the East Gallatin River, north of Bozeman. Uh, I've, I've caught rainbows that are feeding on little blueing olives. It's, you know, again, 10, 12 feet right in front of me. So you don't always have to make long casts. I think about that run we fished last fall in the gardener that was so terrific oh yeah you're right how far was that there was no more no oh, more than goodness. 30 feet oh, for sure not even that far i don't think i mean yeah we threw up stream a little bit but the the run was really right at our feet and it was so deep that yeah. you could actually get right up to the run yep and how many did we pull out of there i oh, mean we each word. pulled out 20 or 25 oh fish. yeah i think so right out of that that particular yeah, run it was amazing. unbelievable so the last point is stop false casting so much and what do we mean by false casting? well first of all i'm preaching to myself on this one Uh, yeah and to me too and false casting is this going back and forth with your cast before you make Mm -hmm. the final forward cast yeah and again when you're just starting out you probably will tend to do more of this but it really is important that as you develop your skills partly for well for different reasons one is just simple tangles certainly in wind Uh, that becomes a problem. But also you spook fish, that line going out, especially in these really clear spring creeks. Oh, yeah, on a bright, sunny day. Bright, sunny day. Maybe you're casting your... I mean, you just you can't false cast so much. So I think it's really important to practice this. It's hard to do. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's basically when you're standing there 
at the base of the run or wherever you're at, you're mm-hmm. letting out all this line and you have to, there's a little more prep that you have to yeah. do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you know, it's just that rod tip back and one final, mm-hmm. one forward cast and that's it. That's hard to do. I'm always struck when I watch a veteran fly fisher. I mean, they, they pick the fly up off the water back, flip forward and it's drops it's it done. again. Yeah, it's yeah. Dro- they drop it again. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, there's no need to false cast. Obviously, you will do so sometimes if you yeah. need to get the line out there farther and right. maybe the runs and, are yeah, a lot that's deeper. A, that's a good point. That's really the only reason you may need a few false casts to get to, just to keep feeding out line. But boy, once you've once you've got the right amount of line out, you're done. I remember yeah. one time on the upper Madison with Toby and I think we had stopped to wade fish and there was this run that was right against the bank and it was it was a good 70 feet away 60 yeah. 70 feet away and you had to just to get that line out there yep. you had to false cast four or five times yeah. of course mm-hmm. you're going across a lot of river at that point and so you're not there's not the potential of scaring the fish right because right. this yeah. run is is against this bank and it's 70 feet away so you mm-hmm. can false cast to get more line out there but in general the general principle is just try to false cast less yeah it's true hey i know too that when i false cast too much that's when i start to get impatient and i don't let my back cast unfurl it's almost like i start getting into panic mode a little bit so you're right that that's a great one to end with don't don't false cast too much don't overdo it well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Dave, I got a kick out of this comment by Drew in response to our piece on deeper nymphs, better results. Uh, Drew wrote, I sometimes have a little ADHD when nymph fishing if they aren't hitting. I try something else instead of adjusting the depth. I will get a chance to try this out this weekend. I may even take my split shot out of my vest. <laughs> yeah, I think I mentioned that, that sometimes I get too lazy to, to do that. It's like, hey, this isn't working, so I'm just going to keep trying harder at the same exactly, old thing instead exactly. of saying, you know what, maybe I'm not getting down deep enough. It is hard, though, especially with nymph fishing. So you just get your rig set up, and then you lose your fly. Oh, or you get tangled in the trees. And so you, with nymph fishing, it is this continual adjustment all mm-hmm. day long. And sometimes you do get a little lazy. You just think, you know, yeah. I'll just go up to the next run. I'm not going to change yep. my rig or move my split shot <laughs> yeah. down or my strike indicator up or whatever it is. Yep, <laughs> so true. Well, that's going to do it for today. What tips would you offer new fly fishers for improving their casts? Please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. Tell us what you recommend for those who are learning to cast their flies on the water. You can find Two Guys in a River on all the social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And, and of course, you can visit our website, Two Guys in a River. We publish a new episode and a new article every week, and they're all listed on the website. And by the way, we would love for you to purchase our new book on Amazon.com, the Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. It's a fun book, kind of like uh, eating potato chips, yep. right? And you and I are experts at that. No, what we're experts at are, are eating those chips at the Mexican restaurant that we, we eat at before we do our podcast. Exactly. Yeah. I'm feeling a little uh, lethargic this afternoon. Oh, How about man. you? I know. That's the reason. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>